This is the Root Advice Podcast with TikTok influencer Rudy A. Divorced after 16 years of marriage and single at 39, I share my mistakes and experiences to help your marriage improve your dating life and prepare you for life after divorce. Hey everybody, welcome to Root Advice. This is episode 44 and this is going to be a really long episode compared to what the other episodes have been because usually they run about 30 minutes to an hour, but this one's actually going to be about an hour and 30 minutes. And I couldn't help it because the conversation was that that fun. We had a great time. And who I have on the podcast today is Charlotte. You've met her before. She's been on my podcast about a couple episodes back. We did the episode where is it, are we talking? Are we dating? Are we seeing each other? We know she gave us some clear definitions in the dating world for us that kind of need that help. So she started a podcast called the Peasant Party Podcast. And she's recently had her sister named Annabelle join the show. And I decided to watch a couple of their episodes because again, I love Charlotte's content. So I started watching the episode and both of them, the camaraderie was just great. They're having a good time. And I'm like, I love them both. I got to have them on the show again. So I reached out to uh, Charlotte. She said, yes, she'd love to. So this is me, her sister and I just getting along great. Uh, I'm actually going to be a guest on their podcast. I mean, as of this recording, what's today's date? It's August 17th. I'm going to be on their podcast in Austin on the 26th of this month. So that's going to be fun to finally meet another creator in my space in person. And you know who's also going to be on there is Angela Knight. Angela Knight is flying in from Miami and she, it's myself, her and Charlotte. We're all going to do a podcast together. So you know what? I'm really excited about that. And of course, I'll share it on all my platforms when it does come out. But yeah, it's it's pretty cool that, you know, I'm finally getting to a point where meeting other creators and doing collaborations is becoming a thing. So I'm very happy about that. And again, this is a fun episode. And what are we going to talk about today? They're based out of Austin, Texas. And of course, if you know me, I'm from San Antonio. That's an hour and 30 minutes north, maybe less. But Austin has changed dramatically ever since Joe Rogan moved to Austin. It's changed completely. And we've had a huge, I guess, uh, surge of people from all over the country moving to Austin. Charlotte's been there five years. Her sister just moved to Austin less than a year ago. But they're both from the Southern California, north of uh, Los Angeles, and we talk about that. We talk about what the dating scene is like in Austin. And it's totally not what I was thinking. It's very uh, modern. It's very fun. And they described Austin as this summer camp getaway where people are moving temporarily to Austin just to kind of see how it is. But it's got this fun vibe to it, which Austin has always had. But it's just now much bigger. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it is the best way to approach a woman. Guys, I get questions from you all the time. What is the best way? I'm going to share it again. I've shared this advice on a few videos on my YouTube channel, but I'm going to, I shared it with the ladies here and they just reacted in a positive way. So it's gold. I'm telling you, if you listening, whoever you are listening to this podcast right now at the gym, driving a car at work, if you have trouble starting a conversation with women, this episode is going to help you. And you know what? It's not even just with women. It's just in general. If you have trouble starting like a Breaking the ice in any in any atmosphere, whether it be at work or with some friends or with family, this is a great way to break the ice and get the conversation going. Trust me, it works. We're also going to talk about the comparisons from me dating in the 90s to right now. We're going to talk about who is sexually aggressive. Who is more sexually aggressive? Excuse me. Is it men or women? We're going to talk about that. Uh, we're also going to talk about why do women prefer the assholes over the nice guys? That's That's a fun conversation. That's later in the podcast. And believe it or not, we're going to touch on horror movies. These two lovely ladies love horror movies, so we're going to go on a little 10-minute spiel on horror movies, so be ready for that. Also, we're going to talk about how to get a woman's attention on social media, specifically IG. I didn't know this, but there's a three-tap method 
that they share that actually works. And this is how Charlotte and her boyfriend got together. So gentlemen, this episode is part of my French fucking gold. So again, take notes, enjoy it. And without further ado, here is Annabelle and Charlotte with the Peasant Party Podcast. So how are you doing? Both of you. Good. How are you? We just recorded another episode, actually. We just got back from the studio. I love that format. So what is it? You just rent the spots out hourly? Is that how it goes? Yeah. So I have like a I got really lucky with it. Um, There is like the Texish podcast. They pop up on TikTok a lot. Um, Should I take the dog out? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Um, But yeah. um, So Seth and Gunner are the they have the Texish podcast. I think they're a lot more like people driving to work, um, but they do a lot of like Texas history. I know they're like former actors and, and whatnot. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, um, they popped up on TikTok. We like became friends on TikTok and I, th- I forget what I posted, but there was something where I, I, I asked them, I said, Hey, like that studio, like looks really cool. What's kind of the deal there? They said, Oh, you want to be a guest on our podcast? Um, and I went into the studio. I loved it. Got a really good deal. They have like a membership where it's, um, I think it, I think it's like seven, basically like 700 bucks a month for like four hours. I don't know if they still do that pricing. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, once you start doing, um, video of yourself on TikTok doing like the fancy podcast setup, um, we've gotten like a lot of like UGC stuff that kind of covers like the cost of it. No mm-hmm. sponsorships, but just, um, UGC like fake podcast ads. I think today we had like a toothpaste tablet and then we had like a new dating app. Um, and then oh, okay. another one we have coming up, um, is a penis pump. So that'll be a fun one. I'm so excited. Ouch. Uh, I would not use that. That's not, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm thinking, yeah, you'll have a temporary kind of look, but doesn't that cause like permanent damage if you keep reusing it over and over again? So it's funny because this, this company really wants to do, they're trying to do go the way that like hymns went where like before hymns, like people didn't really used to talk <laughs> about like ED or like, erect, yeah, like erectile dysfunction and whatnot. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And like, they're kind of like, oh, hymns made, talking about that cool because it used to be like oh viagra eh, like um yeah. and then they're like oh we can make penis pumps cool so they're like talk about it in a scientific way like make it sound cool um but yeah they sent one here it's it's, it's huge um they call themselves <laughs> the, bugatti of, the bugatti of penis pumps bathmate so oh my be god because mm-hmm. growing up they i they, this is how old i am they used to have the john holmes pump uh, mm-hmm. back when i was a kid and uh, people would use it but again i heard it caused long-term damage because you're stretching out those tendons down there and mm-hmm. when you stop using it you're you're really just ruining what you've got so if they've perfected that science i'm pretty sure a lot of guys are gonna take advantage of that but no way i'm, I'm good never mind wow. <laughs> yeah too many horror stories um you know what now that i think about it can you lower the camera just a little bit because i'm thinking about when we put on tiktok you're probably going to be hidden in captions just like maybe a little bit you're yeah that's good right there. That's that's better. <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, there we go. <laughs> Should I be in it or Yes, no? yes, yeah. Okay, I'm, trying to like, I'm trying to make it focus. There so you go. Focus. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. And uh, for everybody who's listening, uh, this is Annabelle and Charlotte. Uh, they're from the Peasant Party podcast. And that's I wanted us. to say that oh, that's you. And uh, of course, Charlotte, you've been on my podcast already once, but you've also been on a live with me. I didn't know you had a sister and I just discovered your podcast. You just started, you're like nine episodes in, right? Or so you just a couple months in, right? Yeah, we just did the 12th one today. Oh, okay. Okay. Dang. Yeah. And I, I, of course, I love the, the program. It was what episode, uh, I think nine with Just Fit Justine. I saw three of you talking about just the dating in Austin. I'm like, I got to have them on the podcast. So again, thank you for doing this on short notice. Of course. Yeah, we're super excited. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, you're new to Austin, both of you, right? Um, yeah, I'll, my five-year anniversary will be in September, and then um, I just got here January of 2022. So I've been it, here for like 
a little over a year and a half. What made you move to Austin? My sister, honestly, I, so I worked from like right above LA Mm -hmm. and I was just living there my whole life, like living near LA. And I kind of just felt like I never like fit in there all the way. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been to LA, but it's, it's once. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, it is a specific energy and I was just like really over it. And it wasn't necessarily that I was like, Oh, I want to move to Austin. I just wanted to leave like LA so badly. Mm -hmm. Um, and I ended up just choosing here and it's like the most magical place ever. It's awesome. <laughs> it's yeah. been so crazy. Like seeing how my life has changed since I got here, like being in this city and like being around this type of people. I don't know. Yeah. I love it here. Well, Austin itself has changed. I don't recognize it anymore. And I know I'm going to appear on your show in, uh, next weekend, next Saturday. And I haven't been to Austin since, yeah, I haven't been to Austin since everything kind of changed, but I've driven by it and it, I don't recognize it anymore because Again, from San Antonio, Austin was known as uh, Keep It Weird, and mm-hmm. it was like a really small town. They were known for music and festivals like Sixth Street, but now it's unrecognizable. And, and I know the cost of living has gone up ever since Joe Rogan showed up and all that. So it's completely <laughs> yeah. changed. Yeah. And I, I would mark that as when like prices went up, like the rent went up, um, the house prices like just went up like crazy. I got really lucky. I bought my house in like November, 2020. Um, so really lucky I, I did that. Um, but yeah, like even just being here five years, just the amount of like skyscrapers that have gone up, like rainy right. went, the street went from being like the little street full of like how old school house bars to being literally just, just skyscrapers and skyscrapers with like a random house thrown in. It's insane. It's definitely mm-hmm. insane. And, uh, what was I going to say? Uh, so, uh, Charlotte, so you, you both are from uh, Los Angeles originally. Yes. Is that right? Okay. Yeah. So you came to Texas and uh, I hope you're enjoying this heat. It's never been this hot, but I don't want to go out and do anything. It's miserable. <laughs> yeah, it was. This is the hottest it's been since I've I've moved here. Um, it's always been like, you know, hot in the summer, but like the 20, 26 day stretch of 100 degree plus Dude, it's is like new. 86 day stretch. It's oh. fucking crazy. I've never seen that before ever. So it's. And as, as I think I put on one of your posts, you were out like some Barbie event or something like that. Like, it's too hot. Go inside. It's like yeah. <laughs> miserable. It was crazy because it was like it was Love Island was doing a casting. That's what it was. They, they messaged me like they emailed me and said, I think it was like podcast stuff. They were like, do you want to interview um, this girl who was like a, a cast member on Love Island? Um, and I just I think they didn't really know what they were getting themselves into. Like, I think they were like L.A. people that were coming out, but they were like passing out fans and stuff, all that. Oh, wow. Well, I'm, I hope it was a success. But again, I'm everything I want to do. I'm just staying inside. All my plans are canceled. I hate this heat. I get migraines super fast. I'm like, no, I don't want to go anywhere. I just want to stay inside until this blows over because it's unbearable. Dude, my air conditioning in my car is fully broken and has been oh, all geez. summer long. I literally do not have air conditioning right now. How do you do and it? It's, it's a uh, it's an issue with Honda. There was a recall on something and they can't get me until August 28th. So I have like two more weeks of no fucking air conditioning. And I was just saying on our, our podcast that we just recorded, I like I like have a temper now. I'm like just yeah. pissed every time I <laughs> just drive. Aggravated. So, oh my God. I'm like running up the fan, but the fan is like just blowing hot air and the windows mm-hmm. down. It's like such a nightmare. Dude. Oh God. It, I don't know how, I mean, I'm sorry. First off, that's unbelievable. And uh, thank you. Thank you for and, your sympathy. Uh, I <laughs> Jeez, oh man. God, like, dude. I just, I sweat very easily. Like, I, once I go outside, I start melting and I, I'm just become very aggravated. So, that's just not me. I prefer the cool air. I love For fall. Sure. I love winter. That's my favorite wardrobe. I, that's when I like to do things. So, 
is this is hell. <laughs> this is, this is but, ha- but having said that, I, I loved your show. Uh, and again, I'm listening to as many as I can. And, you know, I'm catching up. But I really love that particular episode because it was a female perspective. And of course, my demographic, I've been on TikTok. Uh, Charlotte knows this for what, three years now, 300,000 followers. And it's primarily 50-50. But I, I get a lot of questions from guys because apparently uh, I was I was just single, what, from 2016 until 2020 when I met my love witch. And I didn't have these difficulties these guys had. I mean, yeah, there's some bad women out there, but apparently this is what's going on. So I, I wanted to get your perspective on a few things. I, I sent you some questions. And I just would love for you to just kind of give these guys some insight on what exactly they're doing wrong, maybe, and, you know, what are some red flags and uh, what they can do to improve and, you know, other maybe some female red flags they can look out for. So I noticed you mentioned Snapchat. I hate it. I don't even have it downloaded on my phone. But why is that such like I get I guess women are saying ick nowadays. I don't know. Why is that such like a, a turnoff when it comes to Snapchat? <laughs> yeah, I, I think I think I'll start because I think you've got thoughts on Snapchat, too. Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So I first so I hated when I first um, I got out of a relationship in 2019. And I remember yeah. I was going back on a hinge and all of that. And I like I've I'll give out my phone number to anybody like it's it's not a big deal to me. Snapchat to me like, you know, there's like close friends stories on Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. Snapchat was like the next level from close friends on, on Instagram. It was, it's for the close friends. It's where we do like the reply chug, like, you know, um, cheers the beer into the camera, um, yeah. that kind of stuff. And so when I would get on um, Hinge and I would get a match, like when I would hear like, what's your Snapchat? I always thought it was kind of weird because it was like, that's for like, you know, the the day ones. Um, you know, why do you want a Snapchat? Um, and I think mm-hmm. I went along with it at first. And the first person that was, I agreed to it with because I just didn't really know the deal. Um, I think there was, you know, it was like a dick pic pretty quickly. And then all of a sudden I soured on Snapchat. I was like, there, it's, it's, a, it's a sign of, of no good. They're trying to get too familiar too quickly. No Snapchat. And I think I even had a joke in my Hinge profile at the time where it was like, no Snapchat. Like, if you use mm-hmm. Snapchat, I'm out. Like, um, but what, something I realized, like doing dating content, hearing from, a mil- from not a million people, but so many people, um, the Snapchat thing, I really think it's not as... I think there's people that really want to that want to use Snapchat to do shady stuff because they're cheating and stuff like that. But I think because of the rap that Snapchat's gotten at this point, the, the cheaters have caught on or the, the people that are really bad are saying, I'm not going to use Snapchat because it's going to flag flag people. I think yeah. the Snapchat thing and who really is interested in it, there's not really a rhyme or reason to it beyond um, maybe someone that just prefers to use Snapchat in general. Like something I've realized, too, is. There's some people that like using it to send people pictures throughout the day. Like, I don't I don't really care for it. I'd rather just send people text messages. But there's some people that are like, I love Snapchat. Um, And I think those people Mm -hmm. use it more. I think there's some people that have found like I think there's some women that don't like to give out their phone number. or They're very apprehensive of of that um, for safety reasons, things like that. Um, And maybe a guy's come across a woman who said that once guys are very trial and error, um, like problem solver. If they hear one girl like Snapchat, he thinks, you know, the next girl is probably going to like Snapchat. And then all of a sudden there's someone who, um, you know, doesn't really, who has, who doesn't exactly, um, you know, is not a bad guy who's just saying, Oh, what's your Snapchat thinking? It's the right thing to do. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't think it's as bad as people sound, but I think if you don't like, if someone doesn't like Snapchat and they go, oh, you know, I'm not really a Snapchat person, um, here's my phone number, um, just roll with the punches. If they don't roll with the punches, if they say, insist on Snapchat, then I'm kind of like, hmm, that's a little weird to me. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. What are your thoughts on Snapchat? Um, so I'm banned from Snapchat, so I don't actually know much about it. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But um, I, they never gave me a reason. I don't know. I just tried to log in one day. I hadn't been in a while, and they told me that I was banned. <laughs> so I haven't God, been okay. using it. But um, I understand it to be like the darkest of the social medias. <laughs> the it just darkest. has that energy to it. And I think the reason is just simply like, I don't know. It's a little bit um, more like tasteless than sending like photos uh, through Instagram DM. It's just a little bit hmm. more like, I don't know. It's meant to disappear. It's just meant to be a little bit dirtier. And I think that like, and Probably like maybe a little more juvenile as well. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I okay. think. Yeah, like I there. I think there's something about that too. Like I think the the kind of filters in it are a little hokey and stuff. Where it's like the little dog goofy filters. Yeah, so I, I remember that. I don't know. Like and then it disappears too. Like even if you're not thinking of it from a cheating standpoint, like if you're trying to make plans with some with somebody and it, the messages disappear, like I like to like remember what we were talking about, especially Same here. like if conversations get spaced out. So I think it's just yeah. inconvenient, even if you take the shady stuff out. Yeah. And so I guess it's not really anything deliberate that it's doing. It's just, I guess the reputation like Tinder is a hookup app when it technically may not even be that it's just the reputation that it has. So, uh, you think maybe I, because again, when I started dating in 2016, I remember Snapchat was around like, what the hell is this? How do you use it? But I remember women were sending me pics. I didn't even ask, like, good morning. And they're like in thongs, like, oh, hey, good morning. You know, how's, it, how's your day? I didn't and expect it, that. That was different in 2016. It went through like a renaissance, I think. And then did it became yeah. something different. Yeah. Like I, mm -hmm. that's happens with apps sometimes, right? Where they like are huge. I mean, I guess Facebook kind of like was enormous. And then it kind of like took a back seat. And I feel like, yeah, yeah uh, Snapchat has like evolved in that way a little bit. It did. I remember asking, because some of the women I dated, we became friends afterwards, right? And I remember asking, like, why, you, like, why do you prefer Snapchat? He goes, well, I like sending pics and teasing the guy, but I know that he, I don't know if he screenshot it or not. So there's peace of mind knowing that if he captured it or if he saved it. And I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that. So maybe that's another reason that it became, I guess, taboo. I don't know. Yeah. I heard someone else say they liked it too because and they, they jokingly call when you when you keep texting somebody and it's only from you the deep blue sea where it's all the blue texts and they're not yeah. responding back. They say it, it gives you more of a pass for the deep blue sea. <laughs> it gives you more. I've never heard that before. But yeah, it, it gives you more of a pass to like you know maybe send more messages or pictures in a way that doesn't feel so formal because when you have multiple when it's in a text message format then you're the person who double texted. Um, mm -hmm. for, you know, if you tell a joke that doesn't land, it disappears or something like that. Like someone yeah. said that once Genius. and I was like, hmm. Genius. And wasn't there like a streak? Like if you kept texting somebody, you kept getting like a streak or an icon that was rewarding you for keeping the conversation up. Yeah, I remember that used to be public, too. So like you used oh. to be able to see if like somebody's boyfriend was talking like to. Oh, yeah, it used to be public. And then in, they took it away. in 2012 or something like that, they used to have Snapchat best friends. You couldn't pick them and it was based on activity and it would show. And so if you Snapchatted back and forth with someone so many times, they could be and they would be ranked one to three. And sometimes you would have somebody you liked That's and all insane. of a sudden there would be someone on their friends list that was clearly a girl. It was like, how did she get there? Who is that? Um, mm -hmm. So very <laughs> glad they don't do that anymore um, because apparently it, it caused a lot of problems for people. So that's one Snapchat revolution, I would say, as well. Okay. So with Snapchat having the reputation that it, that it has, and again, guys knowing that now listening to this, what do women prefer? Like what gives, them, what gives you peace of mind, makes you feel safe? Like what type of approach? What, is it like a platform? Is it just asking for the number? I get the safety concern. I, to, I totally get that. 
But is there like an app women prefer, I guess, as far as communication? I give out my phone number to anybody. I think there's something yeah. about the phone number. Um, <laughs> what? But I, well, I, I think if I, the thing is, I feel like if we go from dating app to phone number, mm-hmm. you've kind of crossed a threshold anyway. Like if I'm not comfortable giving you my phone number yet, I would just stay in the dating app. Um, and then if I'm out and about meeting people um, and someone co- comes up to approaches me, usually there's some form of a conversation and like rapport like being built then um, where I know whether or not to give my phone number. Then, mm. then I know some people and I, I'm, uh, I'm willing to bet your thing is Instagram. Are you an yes, Instagram yes, person? There's is. some people that are more Instagram heavy. Um, I think, yeah, she's on Instagram like all the time. Um, but I was always just a phone number person. Um, but okay. yeah. Yeah, I was too. I mean, uh, phone numbers, in my opinion, um, what I found just through happenstance is that when you got a number and you saved it into your phone and then you have a, like an Instagram, you got recommendations. Hey, for your contacts, this she is here and you got to find them, you know, in a in a non-intrusive way that, hey, she's all here. So I just send a friend request and start talking them to them through them uh, with those apps. So I, I, I prefer numbers myself. I'm old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I feel like Instagram has just a lot more like little like safety blocks on it. Um, mm-hmm. You have your like message requests and then you can mark a message as unread if you like want oh, to, yeah. you know, so mm-hmm. that you can avoid making the person mad that you like didn't respond, you know, you left them on red, whatever. Whereas with a phone number, it's just a little bit more like, ah, it's easier for them to like, and this is just thinking in terms of safety. Like, you know, this isn't, this isn't like me being like a hard ass on every man. It's just kind of like, Oh shit. If this dude is crazy and he has mm-hmm. my phone number, it's just going to be a lot harder to solve this problem. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But, um, let me ask you from a female perspective. I mean, again, you're single. I mean, I don't know if you're single anymore. Are you single or are you dating? I know, Charlotte, you're with somebody. And the last podcast I heard you say it's complicated. Annabelle, is that right? Yes. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay yes, I don't want to get too personal. I am seeing someone. Yes. But okay. Yes. Okay. But uh, let me ask you this. Is it true what they say with women? You know, if you're attractive on, on IG, your DMs are just like blowing up with all these requests in that request folder. Is it? Is that a detriment? I mean, does that honestly happen? So... Um, I think so her answer might be different because she uses Instagram for business. Um, I also think that side note too, like you being a creative, like that's probably why you like Instagram too. Mm -hmm. Um, cause you want to see like their art or what they do. Um, so I think that, I think all of those like dating podcasts, the whatever fresh fit guys have really led a lot of people to believe that women are just getting flooded with hundreds a month or a week. No, I will be and I've had a public profile because it's helpful to have like even before I was doing TikTok like in Austin sometimes you would hear from um, like I don't, like there would be openings for things and you would get a, a DM from like hey I'm the person running the opening of this new bar or something like that or like South by Southwest that kind of thing um, when I would get DMs from guys a lot of times it was more of like someone threw a party. I met someone nice there, shook hands. It was kind of like a misconnection in a way. And then lo and behold, they follow me on Instagram and say, hey, it was great to meet you. Like, I mm-hmm. never get the, you know, the random, the randoms. Even when I started doing TikTok and was more visible, mm-hmm. I didn't really get that too much, too much either. Like it was, um, you know, I, I maybe a little bit more, but it wasn't these like thirsty DMs. And also like, I think there's also the ones too where it's like, every guy's just willing to fly you out to Miami. I have never gotten anything Dubai. beyond a like it's always just you know hey what's it would be hey hey what's up and you know when you get hey what's up from like a private profile you don't really know what to there's even if it, that's not threatening you don't really know what to do with it because it's like i don't know who you are like you would get right. sometimes like those but not it wasn't this floodgate that people seem to think it is i would say yeah yeah 
Wait, what's your take? Uh, yeah, I dude, this this is so such like a frustrating thing because, like, I'm an independent contractor. I like take care of business. I don't, I don't need like I've never had a man doing shit for me like this. And so just to be like, oh yeah, there's always there's always just like men hand over fist in your dms just being like let me do everything for you let me pay your bills let me take care of your entire life like yeah what the fuck no i've done all of that shit my whole life so like that's a myth in and of itself but like there are you know reply guys like that's a thing but it's like the same five dudes for me (laughs) what what is what is a reply guy i've never heard that term before a reply guy is just like a guy that like uh, for the most part i haven't met any of these dudes they just are like on the internet a lot and anything that i post on my story which i post frequently on my story they reply Mm -hmm. to every single thing it'll just be like an emoji or just like a haha you like every single thing and those are my reply guys and you know what i love all of them equally (laughs) so (laughs) i don't respond much but but i appreciate that's what i love about the show like uh like especially with Charlotte, because I know uh, ever since I've been following her, there's always these new terms I laugh at, like zombies, <laughs> submarining. You didn't like, know reply left- guys? I just learned. I, I just called the reply it reply guys. I just called yeah, it. I learned that, something new today. The reply guy. Well, you on deep blue sea. So <laughs> the deep blue sea. Um, but no. Um, there was someone called it though when there's the guy trying to get a, a woman's attention lightly on Instagram without getting turned down in a way that's like too invasive. It's called the window uh, tap, where you go and like like three old photos in a row. Um, oh, does that work? The window tap is. I think so. I think it. it when I've been responsive to it, it was somebody that I already, I, I wouldn't be responsive to it with a stranger. I can't speak for everybody. Um, but when mm-hmm. I was like kind of responsive to it, um, it was, it was my boyfriend actually. Um, so oh, okay. yeah, no. So what happened? We followed each other on, on TikTok, and we, we, um, we, I, I was scrolling through and this one, um, like EDM artist that I really liked, um, like okay. small, like up and coming. Um, and I went to like it, leave a comment and I see him in the comment section. I was like, Oh, there's the guy that made that funny ranch video. And I think I went to follow him on Instagram. He followed back and it was like Christmas time, very quiet. Um, and then I think he liked a, a picture or something. And then he did like the, he did the, and it wasn't that recent of a picture. It was like a few, it wasn't like 10 years ago, but it was like a few months mm. back. And I was like, okay. And then I, I think I said, what's up after that? It's the subtlest way to express um, interest. It's just like a tiny little grain where you're just like, if she responds to this, like mm-hmm. in an, yeah. an equivalent way, then like, okay, then we can graduate to the next yeah. level. And if okay. she doesn't, what's she going to say? Like, he li- oh, no, he liked no three of my Instagram pictures. What what we, if she, what's happens when she says that to her girlfriends? He liked three of my Instagram pictures. Isn't that weird? All her friends <laughs> say no. <laughs> They'll be like, yeah. no, that's, he, he liked your pictures. Like, mm. So I think it's a nice, subtle way. Um, yeah, like I said, it okay. wasn't necessarily stranger, but, um, you know, yeah, I think that's, that can be effective. So go back and like three old random photos that they posted. That's interesting. I guess when you see that, I guess you're thinking, oh, he's actually scrolling through my feed. He went all the way back to 2021, whatever, and he's mm-hmm. checking me out. Is that what you're thinking kind of subconsciously? Yeah, usually it's a sign they're trying to get your attention, um, okay. especially when it's like a few back. I think there's there, there can be such a thing as like too many. Like if you've gone and like if it takes up the whole page on the notifications on Instagram, then it's kind of like, whoa. <laughs> But I yeah. three, between three and five, you definitely notice. 
Okay. I remember this one guy, he was telling me that you want to get a woman's attention. This is like in 2017 on, on social media. I'm like, well, I prefer just approaching them, but go ahead. Tell me what's up. Cause I'm old school. I, I go up to pe people and make contact. That's what I prefer. 100%. He says, go and leave a negative comic. Cause everyone's telling her she's beautiful. Just say something. No, I've seen better. That'll stand out because they're, they're immune to all the praise. So give them something negative and that'll trigger them. Negging. And they'll be thinking oh, okay. about you all day. Do you know what negging is? Have you heard this I'm term? A, is that what I just said? <laughs> yeah, th yes. It's invented by pickup artists. Yes, negging is essentially yeah. like kind of like delicately insulting women um, mm -hmm. to the point like that they their self-esteem is low enough that they will like continue to talk to you. So yeah. I think the challenge though is like there's a difference. So and, and there's a there's negging and then there's like playful banter and it's kind of hard to know what the line is because I'm someone who like on my 28th yeah. birthday I asked all my friends send me a send me a roast. I wanted to be roasted. So I love like a good joke that I can laugh with. Um and I think if someone liked me they would they they wouldn't know that. Um but yeah, I think like yeah, uh, I think like an overt like Ah, oh, you're not that hot might be a, a little much unless um, she has like a sense of humor. But yeah, I think yeah, you're Megan's not that hot like on a stranger. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Well, I've seen better or like yeah, you know, like you okay? You look sick. <laughs> Something like that. That's actually so funny. Oh my god, that's so hilarious. Somebody commenting on your like hot girl photo and just being like, I've seen better. I think yeah. I think the you the only way you I could pull it. I think the only way you could pull that off is if you went if you had a public profile and you clicked on it and you could see that this guy was a total jokester. Like if it was like. Mm -hmm. He was had like, you know, the funny Fourth of July picture or something like that. Then I would be like, OK, this guy's just having fun. But like mm -hmm. anything else, it might be like, OK, like this is just a meanie or like, you know, they're, they're miserable and leaving negative comments on people's stuff. Right, right. I'd never tried it. That's just not me. I hate playing games, but apparently it worked for a few people. And now that I'm a creator on TikTok in Charlotte, you know, you know, we get con uh, comments all the time and sometimes we do get immune to the praise, mm -hmm. like, well said, you know, you're hundred percent, your money, whatever. But then there's always that one negative comment that stands out and you don't know why. And sometimes mm -hmm. it resonates because there's some truth in that negative comment and it stays with you. So mm -hmm. there, so there is some reverse psychology within that. Cause I'm experiencing it myself as a content creator. So I don't know. So I get like, I get it that, um, that it would get statistically somebody's going to respond, you know, that it's going to get right. their attention. But then what is, it's kind of like, oh, well, what do I have to lose? And it's like, well, a, a lot of women will see a comment like that and like pr ignore it and pretend like it doesn't bother them. But like, True. it is mean, you know, it's like hurtful mm -hmm. to be like, yeah. I've seen better like that. Yeah. yeah. It stays with you like in a bad way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and, and again, that's just not me. And, uh, and again, any guys mm -hmm. listening to this, I don't advise you doing that either. Just approach them organically. Let me ask you as, as women, again, I know, uh, you're both in relationships, but do guys approach women nowadays? In Austin, I know Austin's like a pool of just single people, but do people actually approach the opposite sex? I, so I'm, yes and no. And I, I think it's it's kind of, it's kind of frustrating because, um, and I think maybe say, you might not see as much of this in San Antonio, but like um, the Austin's just a hotbed for for tourists and, and bachelor parties. So I think like when you're really? out and about, okay. um, because I'm, I'm trying to think of the last time I went to like rainy or something like that. There's almost like this feeling of like, if you see a, a, a group of guys approaching, it's like, uh oh, these are guys here on their worst behavior on a bachelor party or something like that. And I hate that that's sort of like the thought that runs through my mind. Mm -hmm. um, but like it, there, that it does just because of how bachelor party centric it is. It's like, uh oh, well, these guys, have, they're up to a prank. They're, they're on their worst behavior. They're going to say something. Um, so there's a lot of that that I think maybe has people a little bit like, uh oh, what, what's what's this person's deal? But I, mm -hmm. I really think like 
dating app culture has made it where you don't really have you don't really have to you know approach pe- people feel like they don't have to or they can do it you know virtually approach people without being turned down um yeah. because you know you never know if they you can just tell yourself that they um you know didn't see your profile at all versus swiping left on you and you just don't have to deal with the re- the rejection from it so i think mm-hmm. um you i think you see a lot less of it i feel like when i had been approached it was in settings that were more um you know, uh, uh, there was like a common interest or something like that going on. Like it wasn't so much like bar everyone off with their own group, um, like large scale parties where it was like friend to friend, like invited, closed event. Um, a lot more gotcha. of that where it was, you know, you could kind of um, know that the people there all lived there. They were friends with the same people. I think you would see a bit more of like approaching. Um, I feel like the last time I was really like approach, it was like a, um, I think it was like a tailgate or something like that. Um, like a okay. Texas tailgate. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can I just say, Austin, I, like part of what I love about Austin is honestly how like approachable of a city it is. Like mm. I have always I mean, since I've been here, I'm like and I have a fun job and, you know, I do fun stuff. But like I just feel like Austin sometimes feels like summer camp because everybody's just moved here. Everybody's new. <laughs> and so oh, yeah. wants to make friends and talk to people. And so like their guard is like a lot more down out here. Honestly, like I approach people. Or I mm-hmm. used to before I was, you know, dating. But like, I, yeah, and and people are like, for the most part, really cool about it. Mm-hmm. Total contrast to LA, right? I, I'm assuming. Total oh. con. Oh my god, that's you exactly couldn't do that in LA. LA is exclusive. LA is like, I don't need new friends, and I don't mm-hmm. want anybody. Oh. Oh. Other women are a threat, and like that kind of thing. But I don't feel that here. Okay, good to know. I, I've, again, uh, that's a good uh, re- reference point in my mind because again, I've never kind of been social in LA, t- and to know that. Which yeah. you feel is awesome is like the norm for me because that's also translating in, in San Antonio. It's, it's got that really? old town, ah, small town feeling. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I love nice. it. So, um, and the reason I ask that is because, like I said, I remember uh, I, I've mentioned this to you, Charlotte, plenty of times that I approached women when I was dating. I would go up to women, a lot of them would be shocked, like, oh my God, like, yeah. And I thought I'd scare them, like, no, guys just don't approach women anymore. Uh, guys actually approach because I, oh, back to Snapchat. There was a way that if your profile was public, there was some sort of map where you oh, can see who was around map. you. You remember that? I, and you I, can I think message can... them or something or know their name or that, ping them. So I didn't know it was that sophisticated. I know there was like a map where you can like click on hotspots. And like, I remember yeah. I used it a little bit to um, like when South by Southwest was going on, like things right. would pop up and it was like, what's going on over here? Um, mm-hmm. So you knew when to like, you know, bounce around. Um, I I don't think it shows you like individual people um but it was their avatar or something yeah like i do remember like when i had gotten out of a relationship with someone in in 2019 um we were still friends on like snapchat or something and um i could see like where his avatar was and it was kind of like i was getting so mad because of where he was like going out to bars and stuff i was like where is he infuriating um but Mm -hmm. i think he had to be friends with them but yeah yeah i remember just they were telling me guys preferred approaching women that way virtually i'm like oh that's just not me but Anyway, I, I hated the Snapchat route because I hated my first impression being a text. I don't know what to text or what to say or what to turn off, what isn't. I, I hate that. I, I really prefer the organic approach. So, And I hear all these guys, again, they message me. They say they can't approach women. I'm like, says who? And like, well, you hear all these stories. I'm like, okay, have you experienced it? Have you personally been rejected by women? Have you tried? Like, well, no, because I hear this. What's the point? I'm not six foot tall. So they're like putting all these obstacles Aww in their head before they even try so they're throwing themselves out of the game they're not even playing or practicing for the game they just gave up and yeah. it's heartbreaking and i i 
I hate that there's so much out there. Like I know Charlotte, you and I are total advocates against what we see on the Red Pill podcast and all these uh, other bro podcasts. It's total bullshit. Uh, and I just hope more guys go out there and just re- interact with people like in the Austin space. I hear totally. it's, it's totally uh, just welcoming and just like uh, it's, it's a nice place you want to be around uh, people, people you want to be around. Totally. And I, th- I think, too, I think when everyone thinks about like approaching people, they always it always seems like they think you have to go up to somebody and declare how beautiful you think they are. Like, I think <laughs> honestly, just what are you drinking? And if they say vodka soda and turn around back to their group of friends, that's a no. And if they say vodka soda, what about you? Like, what's that? Mm-hmm. Then it's like it starts a conversation like and if, if they just turn back to their friends, like, what are they going to say? Oh, this guy asked me what I what I was having to drink. Like, oh, that's so weird. Like, no, it's it's um, I think if someone's interested, they'll talk to you. And like you give yourself like kind of that cushion with those like lighthearted questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think something I always thought was sexy that a guy would do um, if he was like on the other side of the bar and I'd be turning and looking around when they would hold up the drink and they do like a little air cheers and a nod, kind of like something out of like Walker, Texas Ranger. I always thought okay. that was really hot. I was thinking about the great Gatsby with Leonardo DiCaprio with that fireworks too. going off behind yeah. him. Just, that, just yeah. a little, just a little cheers <laughs> when you're walking by someone, just the nod, like the, the nod or like. Like, yeah. hey, ladies, like, uh, yeah, I always thought that was kind of nice. Yeah, it shows confidence. He's making eye contact. He's not shy. Yeah. I mean, he's assured of himself. Hell yeah. Why yes. not do that? I, mean, I always try to identify someone's um, their what's it. I call it a what's it. Like everybody always has something on their persons, uh, whether it's a shirt, a piece of jewelry, shoes that identifies them for who they are. And yeah. I always approach with tattoos. Every like, single, t- yeah, for me, that's what it is. That's what mm-hmm. people approach me about. And I'm happy to talk about it. I like it. Yeah, tell me the story behind yeah. this. What does this mean? Like, I, yeah. I would always talk about it. And I'd like, just like yeah. when we first started talking, I'm like, hey, this is the story of my life. I'm getting a sleeve. Mm-hmm. And you just, it was like the barriers a person has. Uh, first off, you're not, from a guy standpoint, talking to a woman, you're not identifying something sexual. You're not calling them out like a damn baby. You look at that ass or whatever. You're yeah. looking at something that's personal to them. And that's on them, you know, so you're calling that out and the barriers come down. And I think that's a great way to start a conversation. Then, hey, let's get a drink. I want to know more. And just go from there. Just don't make a big deal about it. Totally. I love that, too. Like, if it's a game day, like, wear the shirt for your team. Like, even if it's the opposing team, even if people are, if you're coming from another team and they're telling you hook them and you hate the Longhorns, like, it's still still an excuse to talk to someone. Like, maybe have some good jokes in your back pocket. But, like, a sports Mm team is always a good one a hat from like your hometown or something like that. And then if you notice stuff for other people. Yeah. Like, and uh, what I up. also do is um, I love horror movies. So I have like tons of horror movie t-shirts and mm-hmm. heavy metal bands. So if I see another woman with like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, we're like, oh, I love that movie. I do too. And then we'll start talking. I've even taught my son how to do that because he has a lot of horror movie shirts. So that's how he breaks the ice nice. with, oh, his, uh, oh, with girls when he goes to concerts and all that. I'm like, that's my son. It's that's awesome cool. because again, a graphic tee says a lot about him like what kind of music they like, where they've been, what tour they went to. It says a lot. There's a lot of information there. I don't want to say you can use, but you're, they're telling you a lot about themselves without saying a damn word. And that's a great way to break the ice. A hundred percent. And we're so big real. horror fans too, as well. Um, no way. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Everything. Yeah. I, I, I kind of themed you this. You see the movies that are behind me? I mean, these are all horror movies. <laughs> yeah. The, I've kind of Wait. themed this room after the shining. There's I've got my little oh. mouse pad. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, so cool. That's the carpet. Big yeah. Fan. Um, no, yeah, I, I think that I can't see through the through the glare. But this I, I is Return I, of the Living Dead. That's my nice. favorite zombie movie from the 80s. That's Mandy with Nick Cage. And that's the remake for Suspiria. Nice. I, I love I love them all. I've seen them all. And uh, I love it. 
I'm kind of tempted. I have the, uh, I wanted to show my son Cannibal Holocaust, but I'm like, should I? I'm like, I don't show know. Show him, dude. That movie I, I wasn't ready when sick. I first saw him. Like, I love animals. Like, oh my, what? You know, yeah. it freaked me out. <laughs> I feel like that was one I couldn't sit through. I, ter- oh, Terrifier, I, I, I was like, I was like hiding under Terrifier. a pillow. Terrifier. Part two? I like it. I like that gory shit. Have y'all seen part two? Yeah, I, I, the, yeah, that, the, the, the bleach scene. I, oh, yeah. I was, I was, I had my face was on a <laughs> pillow. Scene. Yeah, um, I don't know if you know this, but um, when I got divorced in 2016, I started a movie review channel on YouTube. I called it Rudy's Movie Reviews, and I've been, I, I do it on the side still, and I still do that. And I love this time of year because I start reviewing horror movies. And a bunch of my friends went and saw Terrifier two at the Austin. Um, what was it called? Festival. It's on September. It's like a fan fest or something. Yeah, yeah. And they, that's that's where they premiered Terrifier two. My friend got to meet uh, the director. He met Art the Clown. He even met uh, Lauren. And uh, I was on a live with her uh, about six months ago on his channel when we we're talking about Terrifier two. It was like so cool. But uh, I love horror movies. And uh, that scene with the bleach. I remember I took my son to a premiere and we're like. Like I'm sorry, are you okay? <laughs> I was I was glad I was at my at home in the comfort of my own home for that. Um, oh, yeah. like oh, that was a lot. Um, Disgusting. But yeah, the guy who plays yeah. Art the Clown is like the most. I feel like horror, like horror. Anyone who's like behind the scenes of horror is like the kindest people ever. Like they the, just yeah always. It, and same thing with the heavy metal community. You go to like a death metal show and and they're all the nicest guys in the world. And they're all like vegan and like yeah yeah anti. They love cats and, like, and, and you know dogs yeah. and like it's so cool. They're the nicest people in the world. You never would have thought. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and and again, uh, horror movies. I love breaking the ice. And I remember when I was volunteering with Comic Cons, I'd always have a horror movie shirt, and that's how I met women, and that's how I started dating. And I love like my love witch, uh, you know. She loves horror movies, and I just love cuddling, watching a horror movie with her. We watch them twice a week, maybe more, but I just love... It's always great when you can connect with somebody who loves what you love, because I've dated women, like, you watch horror movies? Oh, I can't sit through them. I can't... I don't like the blood, and I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a deal breaker for me. I'm sorry. I got to move on. <laughs> I am the same way. That's so funny. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can't... If you're like, oh, no, I just don't really like... Mm, like, I'm you sorry. know what? It's not going to work out. I can't out. do it. It's I can't not do it. Work out. If you don't have a little freak in you, then I'm sorry, we're done. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't stop talking to a girl because she loved the Fast and the Furious movies. I'm like, all of them, even the most recent ones. Like, I can't do this. All of them. <laughs> I mean, the first three, yeah, but the last one, no, no. I got, I can't do this. I got to go. Sorry. You had to get rid of her because she loved all of the Fast. And Furious. <laughs> I, I think, that, I think, I think that's called getting the ick. That is uh, yeah, that's that's the it for me. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I can't do this. No, no. As a matter of fact, um, I know we're in the horror movie, uh, you know, off the rails here. But I, one of my deal breakers was one of my favorite horror movies was Zodiac that came out in 2008 with Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes. I yes. fucking love that movie. Such and whenever a- I would date a girl, the, the final test was, can she sit through this movie? Is she going to be compelled and just with is she going to love this movie? Is she can be bored. And the ones that were bored, I stopped talking to. Gone. Cut. <laughs> real dude oh my god i'm so yeah. with you rudy yes real. that is an excellent movie you know what mine I is it. um i i like practical effects i like don't really love cgi and if a dude like loves a lot of like cgi in his movies i'm like oh you're oh. dumb yeah no no there's no texture to it it doesn't age well uh, no so you're kind of dumb yeah like yeah. You, you can't tell the difference like i it takes the suspended disbelief out of it i'm sorry yeah it does. It does. That's why the thing, the the prequel that came out, what ten years ago, didn't work because there was there's no texture to the the animation and all the horror kills. It just didn't work at all. Damn. So yeah. hey, we love horror movies, so that's cool. Well, I didn't know that. So 
We got something else to talk about, right? Other than dating and all that red pill BS. Yes. Now let's go to real quick to modern dating. And um, I have some questions. Again, you guys are definitely a lot younger than me. And I wanted to ask, I know people, some, not all don't want to get married. Some do. And the ones I don't, I completely understand because everything you see on social media and how horrible it can be and how it ends and how people just end up ruined. I totally get that. That's not the truth. And there's more to it than that. But as young women, do you think people actually want to get married nowadays? From the female standpoint, what are your thoughts? So and I'm trying to think of like the best way to articulate this, because I think I'm now at 30. I feel like probably two, three years ago, there was more of this like um, or maybe four. Like when we were 25, 26, I feel like there were more of my female friends romanticizing marriage. And now I feel like people are more practical and, and thoughtful about it. Like there's not this like I need my wedding and my and my big dress. Um, but yeah. I think people want to want to get married. I think a lot of people, particularly after COVID took place, um, you know, they they realize like what they didn't like. They don't like wedding culture so much. I feel like I'm seeing a lot more like elopements and, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think as a whole, I, I think people I think people do. I would say do. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, w- I would say people like do want do want to get married, but they're also a bit more thoughtful about it. Um, I think there's a lot less of like hype around wedding culture than there once was. And I think sometimes there's, there's women who want to get married for just the wedding. Like it's, you know, when you talk about oh, oh, yeah. why do you want to get married? All they talk about is the wedding. Um, mm-hmm. I think people are seeing less of that. I, and I think um, and maybe it just comes from, you know, maybe seeing a lot of like layoffs and, and stuff like that right now. Like just having, um, you know, that that protection um, with your partner. Like I've I've known people where someone got laid off and they lost like their health insurance or something like that. And like, if you're married to somebody that has health insurance, like it just, it gives you kind of that cushion, um, like the tax benefits. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. People buying a home. It's like, you know, buying a house with someone you're not married to. So I, I think I, there's those like practical reasons, but those are all with people who, um, you know, know each other very well and have been in like a serious long-term relationship. So I think as a whole people, like, I feel like on TikTok, I see a lot more of the like, oh, no, like they're just going to steal you, steal half your money um, in a way that's like yeah. very, very negative that I don't see. Um, but at the same time, I'm also not seeing like the other end of the spectrum where it's all rainbows, butterflies. Um, yes, that yeah, I agree. And um, uh, Annabelle, your thoughts, do you think people still want young people still want to get married? Is that still a goal? Um, I for me, the way that I see it. Um, and I've like been in a lot of relationships, you know, I've had like Mm -hmm. a lot of relationships growing up, a lot of different kinds of people. And, um, at this point in my life, I'm like, yeah, I, I would love to get married and I think I would be good at it, but, Mm -hmm. um, I'm a lot more like when I'm dating somebody, I'm a lot more focused on like, or, or I, I'm care more about like the sustainability of the relationship because I just have a stronger concept of like the rest of your life. Like I think sometimes people like will propose to their, you know, significant other being like, I love you. But it's like the rest of your life (laughs) is long. And like, is this sustainable? Can you get through hardship together? Like I'm thinking about the more serious things as I have gotten older. And that's wise. I mean, I'm glad. And uh, none of you are married, right? I mean, you're you're dating. And and you're 30 and uh, Annabelle, you're how old? I'm 28. Okay. And I respect that because, um, again, when I was single, I was just hanging around a bunch of people and I just was had a lot of female friends. And I saw it happen right before me where one of you, one of the women get engaged. And mm-hmm. all of a sudden it's like this, this infectious idea that spreads. And I remember hearing this one woman say, well, I'm going to force my boyfriend. Yeah, I know he's not ready, but if he loves me, 
we're gonna do it. I'm like, and I'm like, as the older guy, like, don't do that. It's gonna fail. You're setting yourself up for failure. And I know, no, no, I love him, and I know he's got some problems, but I'll work on him. I'll get him to where he needs to be. I'm like, don't do that. Listen to me. I just got divorced. Don't do this. And they went ahead and did it. And then it's like this: everybody who starts to get married, and I, I get it—the pressure of being there and like the excitement of planning a wedding and sharing those photos on social media. I, I get that. Uh, but I think of the, one of the main reasons why marriages are failing is not because of the bodies you had before you get married or you got a college degree like these idiot shows are saying. It's that you're rushing into it and you really don't know the person. And I applaud and people like you. After the or, wedding, like you get yes. married. Awesome. But life continues and it didn't like change the other person's feelings towards you. Exactly. <laughs> and I respect those like you who are been patient and selective with not rushing into a situation. Cause I, again, I don't know y'all that well, but I'm pretty sure maybe there was a moment in your past where somebody maybe proposed and it was all right there and you chose maybe to say no. Yeah. And something I, I also think too, and it's frustrating cause it's like a lot of those like pot, like bro, alpha bro podcast people will say things like, you know, women that are, are 30, it's it, once you're 30, you're, you're done. Like go get your, yeah, your, your value yeah. is at, at 20, at 22 or something like that. Um, I think, I think like 30 is a great age to get married. That's I think, perfect. um, I think like kind of all my friends that I know that it wait, that waited longer. Um, some of them had like shorter relationships leading into their marriage, but they were just so much more sure. I've known, um, some people that were in kind of that 24, 25, 26 years old at their marriage, um, age range. And they just changed so much and it, it didn't, and it didn't last. Like it was, um, you know, they were totally different people at that age than they were at, than they were at 30. Completely, completely um, so, different. Yeah. I think like, kind of the kind of when you take, I think wedding culture out of it. Um, and when you're a bit older, I think when, um, you know, you kind of, there, there are the protections that come with marriage, especially if you want to have a family and, and children. Um, I think when it's more about that, I think that's when, um, you know, I think people are a lot more healthy about it, but yeah, when you're younger, especially too, when you're like yeah. 25, 26 as a woman, it's like, Oh, I want to get to wear the pretty dress and walk down the aisle. And you've got your Pinterest board. Um, yeah. When you get older, <laughs> yeah. you sort of, I feel like grow out of that a little bit, which is, I think and that's yeah, good. waiting. And, and I hope more women and men, uh, you know, take that advice and roll with that mentality because again, um, I, I get the pressure of wanting to get that off your checklist and you don't want to be left behind or be that one single woman when all your friends are married and having kids and all that. I get that pressure, but I think more people just were patient. And like I've said, at 47, I got married at 22 and I was married 16 years. Wow. Dedicate your tw dedicate your 20s to yeah. yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, find out who you are as an individual, your, your sexual interests, whatever they are. Because I'm getting emails from men and women. People, it's weird. I don't ask for these stories, but people confess why their marriage fell apart. There's women who said, my husband's gay. He's been living a lie for eight years. I didn't know he was gay. I caught him with another man. Wow. And I don't know how to feel about that. I, I found out my wife is bisexual and that I'm not, she wants to be with another woman. I'm not ready for that. These and I'm like, well, why weren't you honest know. up front? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And they're, so they're pretending to be somebody they're not. And again, at 21, yes. 23, who has that bravery to tell their, the love of their lives, right? That Dude, they are. Yeah, that's so true. Oh my God. Yeah. And you wouldn't, and a, yeah, you, you wouldn't even know about that because you probably wouldn't have explored it that much. Like, I feel like when I was right. younger, my relationship with sex, that's why I think like when all these like podcasts are asking like, what's, what's the body count? Cause they just don't know what else to ask. Like they don't really right. know anything beyond like, have you done it at all? Um, but like knowing your, I think, yeah, relationship to, to sex and like what that looks like to you is, is super important. And yeah, that, that comes with like some, 
discovery of sorts but yeah you don't know that when you're younger and then when you're right. older it just it can things can just change so much i think yeah uh, i agree and um I, I, when I say people that you should explore your sexuality for those who are listening, I'm not saying go get a hundred bodies and, you know, sleep with everybody, but no, just if you have an interest, don't be ashamed to, to explore that, you know, don't, you know, go and see what that is. Cause the last thing you want to do is be living a lie. Like these stories that I'm getting, you know, 10 years in eight years in, and you're, you're not attracted to your husband because you want a woman or you're gay and you're pretending to be a straight alpha male man. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. Crazy. It's crazy. It, and it, you know, it just, it like shakes up just more than just that person's life. It shakes up everybody's life that's involved. Yeah. Like, and then there's kids involved too. Cause you wanted the kids. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. So be honest with yourself before you say mm -hmm. I do. And, um, I had a question about sexual aggression as, as modern dating, would you see men and women who's more sexual aggressive nowadays? Is it the men or the women? Because I have my thoughts, but what are your thoughts? <laughs> so, <laughs> It's interesting because I I think there's there's a it's a little more of like a, 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 a I don't know if it's gendered. Um, I do think some things that have kind of come up, I think just with how things have gotten with like being online, like a lot of people taking videos of stuff like I, I think there's guys that are kind of afraid to like, you know, approach or be too bold when they do approach. So, you know, mm -hmm. maybe they're taking um, less, um, you know, bold approaches that maybe would come off as a bit more sec as a bit more sexual. Like nowadays, I think that's something that's a bit different just because of, you know, how much stuff is being filmed, all that. Um, right. And I think it is more accepting for, you know, women to go and, um, you know, and have kind of these more like, I don't know, innuendo, innuendo style ways of approaching people in ways that are fun. Um, and it's more acceptable, I think, for women to, you know, have those, um, sexual interests and, and talk about them versus like, Oh, you know, like that's dirty. Go wash your mouth out with soap. Like grandma telling you to go do that. Um, yeah, I think it really depends on the person. Cause I've known women where they're like, you know, yeah, I, they're, they're like, I'm such a sexual person. I need that chemistry. And you know, I've, I've met men where it's just like, you know, it's, it's emotions first. I think it really just depends. I wonder what it comes down to, but I feel like it really isn't as gendered as maybe some think it is. I don't okay. know. What's your take? That's a safe answer. <laughs> That's a safe answer. I won't give you one of those, but uh -huh. I'm curious to hear what your opinion is, Rudy. But um, so speaking from experience, um, so I work in a tattoo shop um, and there seems to be this kind of like myth that like, oh, girls are just female tattooers are tattooing like horny dudes all day long. Absolute opposite. I, the people I tattoo are so sweet and normal, but like my mm -hmm. male coworkers Oh my God, that it, it's crazy. And I, it probably has a lot to do with like the fact that my male coworkers and like just male uh, friend tattooers, like they are touching you for a really long time. And like for right. some people that's like therapeutic and they like lose sense of a boundary, but like <laughs> they get it so much more aggressively than I have ever gotten it. From women. Uh, women are just more aggressive. Yes. Yeah. They're they're wow. aggressive. Like in person, dude, they take their tops off and just want to do it like topless. They're diving in the DMs. They are like, that's yeah. a very real thing. I mean, my friend's it, it a tattoo owner. Worse, he's but. told me stories and he's, he's invited me to like, Hey, you want, we're going to do this. Do you want to do her? Like, like, no, nah, I'm good. I'm fine. <laughs> oh my God, dude. It, well, it used to be much, much worse. I, started up in the industry at a time when like those kinds of things were like mostly in check, but definitely mm -hmm. women are like confident, uh, to a point where yeah. I know that sometimes it makes, uh, like my male coworkers uncomfortable because they're doing their job. <laughs> yeah. Like it yeah. would, like it would make anyone uncomfortable, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, but so what you're saying that women, women are more aggressive. Yes. I saying? am saying that, but I would love to know what you think. 
Well, and again, I've shared this before, but like I said, uh, I got married and I was married 16 years, right? I was with one woman 20 years, if you include the dating. So I hadn't dated since mm-hmm. the 90s. And that was, okay. a, wow. that was another world. That was another totally world. Totally different, yes. right? You needed to have games smell good, have go up to them, ask them to dance, ask them on a date, put the number in the different. black book, you know, then may, maybe hook up the next day. I don't know, the next week, whatever the case was. But yeah. when I started dating, I was shocked how aggressive sexually women were. And they were the ones just coming on to me. Like, I remember I, I shared the story where I'm driving this one woman to go see John Wick too. And she's like, you want me to suck your dick? And I'm like, what? Like we're now? I'm like, not later. Well, I mean, if you want, That's dangerous. <laughs> but fun, but fun. And it hadn't, I had, again, I had never, that has never happened to me. That had never, I've never done that here at 39. I'm, I'm doing things that I fantasize about. And I'm finally getting the opportunity to do it. And I'm doing things with, with women that I didn't, could never ask my, my ex-wife and I'm having fun, but they were the ones pursuing it. Like every, you know what? When, when women, I think when women are like sexually liberated, they yeah. are horny. Yeah. Like when and they, they always, fully, yeah. Like in charge of their own sexuality, they're horny. Yeah. They always offered think, BJ's and sex. They always offered wanted. BJ's for some reason. Always first. I'm like, sure. I mean, I didn't even ask or like do anything aggressive. I'm like, sure. Why not? So it's that like was always offered service. You're just like, yes, I just want to do it. <laughs> ah, it's so nice. Uh, all, like, all the they would even language. say. You even even say I can I can record it for you and send it to you later. I'm like, sure, go ahead. Let me set up a drive on Google and you know, we'll send it that way. But that I was just amazed how often that happened with really no effort from me. I didn't tr- I didn't really try. And it was happening. And I'm like, what I could not believe that. I See, I, when I was single, I felt like I was like trying to get dudes to talk to me. I felt like I had to like actively try to like, <laughs> fuck, man. I'm jealous the most of you guys I, now. The <laughs> most I did was make them laugh. I, I would make them laugh. And I guess that was what worked. I don't know. Perfect. Well, I think. I don't know what it was. I think what it goes to show, though, too, is like, I think a lot of people have put a lot of hype into, you know, all the, all the women are scary and evil and mean. It's like. No, if you if you have a fun personality, like people want to yeah. talk to you like women. I, I think something too like that comes kind of with the women being more sexual. I think like women do like what I would call like a safe adventure. Like I feel like once women, um, you know, like they feel safe with you, like then like I think the floodgates open because I, I think like I don't yes. see as many people be like sexual towards strangers. Like it's not in the form of like, you know, they come up to you and, and, and grab you in a weird place and they, and they don't even know you at all. Um, but I think I've known a lot of friends where like they've said, I'm so excited to get new, like they get in a relationship. They're like, I'm so excited. All these things I've heard about, I can try. Like I have a person I can do this mm-hmm. with. Um, and oh, yeah. so I, I think there's like that sense of like once the once a woman feels safe, like the, um, you know, the, the gloves come off. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And this also this also ties to the question I asked earlier, are men and women still looking to get married? I think honestly, as a young man or men out there, I'm pretty sure there's other guys who are living what I lived were women who just wanted to be uh, fuck buddies or just friends with benefits. And they would always text me. I'm not going to catch feelings. Don't worry. I know you just got divorced. I'm, I'll, I'll be cool. I'll be the cool girl. They'd always send me that. And yeah, guys had a roster. I had like four or five, whatever. And I think if that's their energy, you know, who am I to judge? You know, we're all doing, we're all open. We're all uh, not lying to each other and we're not, you know, setting anybody up to fail or doing anything dishonest. But I think a lot of guys have that situation. And I think that's why you, you may get inconsistency with guys and how they talk to you and why they won't commit because there's so many options out there 
that are willing to play their game. When I wouldn't even say their game. Maybe it's the female game. I don't know. Just that game of not committing and just getting what they want. And I think that's why a lot of men aren't committing to it. Or maybe they're just not being 100% clear with you. Yeah. Damn, that's so real. That is so true. I totally went through that recently. It's frustrating as fuck to get to to ask a man to commit to you when he has like these kinds of loose options. And it makes me want to mm-hmm. like scream at those girls and be like, go get your own. You can do better. Don't do this. You don't have to play this dumb game. Like, <laughs> I also yeah. think sometimes it even isn't so much like having the like having the tangible option it's just the idea that there could be somebody else like it's like oh like this person was willing was interested in this kind of adventure what else is out there like if this person wants to do i'll fill i'll fill myself in the in the car um you know what Mm -hmm. what's what's going on over here um so i think it's like the paradox there there is the illusion of having more choices because of the dating apps where you open your phone you see instagram people in your city um that appear Mm -hmm. single so i i think it's like if I could find this with this person, what else? Like that kind of thing. Yeah. Just the, and I know that doesn't speak for every person out there. I'm pretty sure there's some guys listening who are like, that's not my case. You know, I can't even get one date. I'm like, well, that's another conversation. But for those who can, I mean, it's just, there's an open market out there. And, you know, eventually I got tired of it. You know, you get tired of it because it's the same thing. And I remember one moment when I found that there was, there was no substance. I had all the fun I can have, but I remember the substance piece when that's when I started to look for that was when my dad had a heart attack. This happened in 2018 and I'm like, Oh my God, what do I do? And I started calling. I'm like, Hey, I just need somebody to be with like, no, I'm with my boyfriend or I'm with my friend. I'm doing this. They like, you're nothing. You're just a dick. You're just fun. And when life hits you, none of them came around. So I'm like, Oh, that's, this is what matters. This, what I'm feeling is what matters. So I'm like, okay, I think I'm done with that life. I did my thing. Now I was trying to find something serious. So that's what I was starting to look for. And that was the difference. Yeah. Damn. Um, well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I wonder if it's different for like men and women, um, that like wake up call, you know, the wake mm-hmm. up call, you're like ho face basically. Like yeah. what is it that, that hits you? Um, and yeah, I feel like for men, a lot of times it is like a really like life rattling, you know, yeah. like thing. And for women, I feel like it's just kind of like getting older and like, you just deal with enough like bullshit that you're just like, I'm done. I just, if it's not serious, I don't want it. Do you think it's bullshit? Or I know from the men's side, once they see their looks kind of going and their options, not as vast, Mm, then they start looking. Is it the same apply with women? You think? I, so I, I think it might just happen on its, like, I don't think any, like, I don't know that anyone looks in the mirror and says, Oh gosh, like this, this is, (laughs) it's only downhill from here. But I think like, Biological clock is part of it, I think. Yeah, I I think like people maybe they they're all of a sudden they're getting less matches on the dating apps and Mm -hmm. all of a sudden they're they're more tired than they were like a year ago. All of a sudden it's 10 o'clock and they want to go home and go to bed. And then it like, you know, they hit up their friends and, you know, oh, what are you doing this weekend? Oh, like we're taking the baby out to Disneyland or something like that. So I, I think it like there's like kind of a I feel like there's almost like a social clock where people want to grow up with their friends where it kind of like. I think kind of happens. I do think too, though, I think like a big life changing incident, like I know one of my closest friends, um, something I think maybe kind of pushed her um, relationship into an engagement was like when her father passed away, because I think it's when you really kind of you evaluate what matters and whatnot. So I've had I have heard like the, you know, big life changing event. um, And then, yeah, I think the, you know, just growing up naturally comes with, um, you know, kind of that wake up call as well. 
Yeah, it, it gives it gives you a different perspective. And again, I, I've, I've had stories where guys, uh, wives tell me like, my husband wants a divorce. He had a heart attack and he almost died. And you know, after he recovered, he said, life's short, I want a divorce. <laughs> So <laughs> he wanted to go live and do his thing. And I'm like, wow. So yeah, life events do. I mean, yeah. Do give you different uh, a perspective on life. <laughs> I'm sure there was more to it, you know? Like, oh, yeah. I'm sure I was like. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure way more. Way I'm more. Sure he wasn't but, like yeah. madly in love with his wife and then like woke up and was like, never mind. <laughs> like, I'm just yeah. Going on. They, like, they just needed a reason or something to come yes. up. Like, okay, yeah. we're going to use this as a platform to jump off. Let's, we're going to get a divorce and yeah. so be it. <laughs> but yeah, those are my thoughts with modern dating uh, as far as, um, and again, thank you for yours. Uh, if anybody's truly looking for a commitment, because again, it's just so easy to meet people. You don't even have to put in work. You can just be on your phone at home watching, you know, whatever. And you just meeting people left and right. And that can be addicting. I was addicted to that. And uh, I don't know if like, I know people say they want marriage and they want that commitment. And again, everyone's interests are different, but I think if they're still able to play the game and get what they want, that's the last thing on their mind until something happens. So, I don't know. Yeah, I think because I, th I think of like there's definitely single guys that are kind of the same age I'm, I am that I probably haven't seen in a while in a while because they're out do doing their own thing. Um, but yeah, I think if you're a guy with money and you live in a fun big city with infinite options, yep. I think something that comes with Austin, too, is. Like, I, I think, yeah, An Annabelle mentioned kind of like this feeling of like adult Disneyland or adult summer camp where people move here and, you know, it's not really their home yet. Like it almost like people move here and they kind of have it in the back of their minds. Like, I'm not going to be here forever. And they don't really make it home in, in a way where there's sort of this, this seeming of or it sort of seems like they feel like there's no long term consequences here. Or it's just like, oh, I can always just bounce back home <laughs> if, um, you know, I kind of break someone's heart or something like that. Like there's just this feeling of temporariness that I think brings, um, you know, kind of that disposable. Like going to Vegas, like going to Vegas. Yeah. It's <laughs> like know? a long-term bait. Like it's, yeah. it, people move here. They come from another city. Everyone else is a transplant. Um, people are coming and going. Cause I have seen, while well, I've seen a lot of people move here, I've also seen a lot of people leave. Like I feel like, a trend that I've seen with my group of friends is, you know, the, the, mar the marriage comes and then they have the baby and oh my gosh, it's really hard to take care of the baby. And then they move back yeah. to their, um, their hometown to be close to, to grandma and grandpa. Friends. Yeah. Um, and so it almost seems like there's this kind of feeling of like Austin is this temporary stay while I'm young and fun to it. Okay. Okay. Um, now I have some questions that were sent directly from the guys. These are like, uh, I get the questions all the time, but these are the three questions guys have sent me and I wanted to ask you, now, these weren't, these weren't on the bullet points I sent you, so this is going to be kind of random, okay? Uh, but question one is, why do women prefer assholes over nice guys? Oh, it's such a... Oh, so, this, it's a <laughs> so, I think... Oh, the, my gosh. My, so, I'll go, I'll go my, my... So, I lot think... Lots to unpack. Lots lot, to unpack. Lot to unpack. I, so Let's I, unpack it. Let's do it. So, I think, I think we're mislabeling um, certain, certain things. So I think... I think a lot of women like what I would call like a, a safe adventure that I don't wouldn't necessarily call an asshole, an asshole. I think people are very quick to think like guy with the motorcycle who likes, you know, going out to concerts and doing fun stuff is just right. a, an asshole because he's got like a, a leather jacket on or something like that. I think women like an adventure. And I think you know, there's a kind of a, a confidence that comes with that kind of 
adventure bad boy look to him. Like a lot of like the kind of bad boy types that I would go go for were actually very were very nice people. Um, you know, maybe mm-hmm. if you didn't know them that well, you wouldn't know. But it was kind of they had that adventure sense to them. They were very confident. Um, and also, like, I, I think um, they were very much like, I'm, I'm doing this. You're either with me or not. Like, it wasn't um, it mm. was it wasn't they weren't like kind of pining. All, they didn't feel desperate. It was kind of like, cool, like I'm I'm on board. Um, so it was very it was. But yeah, it was, I don't I wouldn't have called them them assholes. Like, I think what happens, though, is, you know, when you get out of a relationship with somebody, they were you a person that's totally nice and is a great person at the end of the day. Um, what happens? Um, you're in a frustrated mood and you call them an asshole. And I think sometimes like the guys that are, you know, the, the nice guys are hearing like, oh, he's such an asshole. Like and they think like this guy just must have been an asshole. And I think you're kind of hearing about, you know, someone who's been broken up with. Um, mm-hmm. I've called perfectly, like perfectly nice guys assholes because, you know, I was just a, a jilted, you know, angry person. Um, so I think that maybe is where it comes from. Um, and then I think kind of the. Women don't like nice guys. I think the problem that comes with the nice guy thing too is, um, and it happens when like you're you're a kid. Like I remember when I was younger, and I there would be boys like in in class that had a crush on me or something like that, and I didn't know how to handle it. Like I would be in middle school, like high school or something like that, um, and yeah. it would be distracting. And I remember I would even like it came up with like a, a school counselor or something like that, and she said, "Well, you know, like what you should do, like always like sandwich with a compliment, like." Um, you know, just say, you know, you're a nice guy, but I just see you as a friend. Um, and I think this is something that's taught to girls when they're young. Um, and I think it's stuck with a lot of women when they're rejecting a guy. It's like, you know, the, I just see you as a friend and, um, you know, you're, you're so nice. It's just the, the, something that you can come up with. You can call anybody nice for any reason. Usually this guy is behaving nice, but I think because it's sort of like instilled in women, like when you're rejecting someone, you almost have to like give them compliments because it's hard to reject somebody. Um, then all of a sudden we've gotten, you know, friend zone and, and women and women love, you know, don't like nice guys. Um, but yeah. yeah, like I think that's maybe that's my take. Um, but yeah, I remember growing up, it was always like, oh, if you if you don't like him back, just say, I just see you as a friend. You're so nice. OK, and so it's like okay. kind of instilled. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. That is true. That is kind of gnarly. Um, I guess from a different sort of perspective i will say and i think my issue here is um women women think like like assholes and don't like nice guys i think all women like different things and for me um, i mean of course i don't represent all women in dating um but i don't like a mild personality i want like a lot of personality and sometimes that like contains extremities so like you know he uh is kind of like a like tough punk dude, but like he's really sweet to me. Like that kind of thing, I actually appreciate. I like a passionate man. I like a man, yeah, with like a lot of personality to kind of match me. Um, and so I can mm-hmm. see why that would come off as an asshole sometimes. But it's just what I prefer. Hmm. Okay, um, I don't know if I agree with that. I mean, I understand what you're saying, a passion and just a, like a lust for what you do. Like I think everybody should have a passion, right? Uh, but I, I don't know if that confuses as asshole because I think what guys, when they say that, let's just kind of go with the internet stereotypes, right? They mean the guy who's just like not treating them respectfully, who's kind of like being rude to them, maybe, be, maybe dismissive and, uh, you cheats mean being on her. rude specifically to the woman that he is dating as right, right. I'm, right. T- I'm trying to think okay, of the stereotypes okay, okay. they should, they should case. Got it, got it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I think that's what they mean. Um, but I understand what you're talking about. Cause that's what I look mm-hmm. for. And you know, you have to have a passion about something. Yeah, uh, but totally. but go ahead with the answer. I'm sorry, but the uh... totally no. I uh, I was just I didn't know if you were talking about like 
the man is perceived as an asshole to people outside of this relationship as opposed to like he, girls like it when a man is an asshole to them. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's all I was going for. I'm sorry for not phrasing the, the no, question. No, no, that's okay. Uh, yeah. yeah, I yeah, I guess I I don't like when a man is an asshole to me, but I <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, I do still like a little a little bit of combat, you know. Mhm. Yeah. <laughs> like you don't want somebody who wants to who was agreeing with you, right? At it, with every topic. I mean, that kind of gets boring and repetitive. You you want to have that debate and back and forth. I yeah, mean, like, that's oh, just you, so you just want to fuck. Like it's what, <laughs> like yeah. Why are, you, why are you just agreeing with me? Fight with me. Um, yeah, say something like you like you agree with everything. Like I agree with you. Like come on, dude. You don't have a personality or opinions of your own, dude. Come on. Yes, exactly. Jesus. exactly. <laughs> we literally just talked about this on our our yeah. podcast. I do think sometimes the really? asshole thing. Um, yeah, it, um, I think there's a lot of like hindsight is 2020 because a lot of times like when women are, you know, going down that road with, you know, this, this certain type of guy that seems to get a lot of women and, you know, wants a bunch of casual things like he's nice in the moment. And he, I think that that type of guy genuinely believes he's nice. A lot of times it's like the he's an asshole comes with, you know, a few months in and then all of a sudden he's sending the text of like, you know, he cancels the date at the last minute or, oh, yeah, I'll be out tonight. You know, where are you going to be? And then all of a sudden he's nowhere to be reached. And then it's like, you know, the next day and then you see an Instagram story and you realize he was with another girl. Then he's an asshole or something like that. So I think like uh, this, yeah. there's sort of this like cartoonish perception of like, you know, that women are just OK with a guy who will just spit in their face or something like that. Um, I think a lot of times the, there's a realization of assholeness and uh, assholeness um, that kind of that comes up and a lot of times these guys don't real don't think of themselves as being an asshole they think they're you know just floating they think they're having fun and floating through life and trying mm -hmm. to be honest and you know just stuff happened um so yeah. i i think yeah when women call these guys assholes it's not like you know the guys spitting in their eye or anything um, okay it's retroactive i would say what is your, I guess, what's your definition? I guess kind of, guys, you know how guys are. They want stats, they want definitions to terms and all that stuff. And I think that's why your platform is doing so well. What is a nice guy? So I think there's, there's, there's the, the buzzword nice guy. And then there's a nice, a nice person. Um, and I, I usually like the word kind a little bit better than, than, than nice, just to distinguish the two. I think there's a version mm -hmm. of guy guy who uses niceness in a performative way um and it's not genuine like it's it's they think of it as you know i'm gonna put some kindness coins into a machine and you know love and sex is gonna come out so they say <laughs> i'm gonna go i you know I, i'm gonna say oh do you need any help moving with moving across town um and then you know the woman says you know thinks they're doing it out of the goodness of their heart like you know why else would someone offer to move kind of weird um mm -hmm. and then you know lo and behold he does this thing she didn't even ask for um, and then says, okay, cool. Where, where's, where's my, um, incentive, my gift and my, you know, relationship in return. It's kind of like, that's where it becomes yeah. nice guy where it's like, you're doing, you almost have this like implied like you think there's like this contract or, um, you know, kind of yeah. you know, business deal. It's entitlement, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the entitlement. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, it's kind of frustrating. Cause I feel like when you're a little kid, like, I think it goes back to being a little kid too, where it's like, Oh, you know, you want to, you want someone to, to like you go do something nice for them. And then I, I think it kind of turns, puts us in a position like that as, as adults. Cause usually I think with most other parts of life, like people maybe would be receptive if it's more like friend, you know, friendship or something like that. Like, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, uh, um, I would say that would be like the nice guy. And then of course there's just being a, a genuinely nice person and not expecting anything in return. And if something happens, great. And if not, um, you know, okay, like I, I'll be on my way kind of thing. Okay. Okay. 
Do you have a definition, Annabelle, for the nice guy? Uh, you know, I kind of like I almost won't let a guy be a nice guy because I don't I don't want them to get the wrong idea or to like lead them on. You know, like if a man is like mm. offering to do stuff for me, I just I will either like say thank you, no thank you, or just be like explicitly clear about my boundaries. Um, and if Smart. he still yeah. is like, yeah. no, dude, I'm doing this as your friend, then I'm like, okay, thank you so much. And I like, I, I just don't like to have any type of debt towards anyone. So Very from there point. on out, like yeah. I try to, you know, return the favor or whatever. I don't, I won't just like accept favors from men and be like, ciao, thank you. Like I'm going right. <laughs> to like, this is a relationship <laughs> now. So yeah. Yeah, because you're right, because some guys like, hey, I'll fix your AC. We got car trouble. I'll change the alternator. Sure. They'll, they'll volunteer services. But, you know, that's kind of like from some guys, not all. That's yeah, their way I, in. I feel to like be I next owe to you, see you off that. work. Yeah, you know, just yeah, to yeah, spend yeah. time with you. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. <laughs> when you say it out loud like that, it sounds kind of creepy. Like hey, <laughs> that's what they're doing. <laughs> right. Uh, no. I, yeah. As I got older, I, I was I realized kind of the same thing, like. I also like I operate on the whole the principle of I'm not that great. Like even if someone's like, I want to take you out to dinner, it would be like, I want to take you out to dinner, like a really nice first date. I'd be like, what's the catch here um, mm -hmm. in a sense of like, you know, someone doing like a little bit too much. Like I think, you know, as women get older, they're they're better at like putting a stop, to, uh, putting a, a stop to that or, or you know declining if something just feels like it's you know could be used um, as like a nice guy type um, barter, okay. I guess what you'd call it. OK, OK. Um Let's see. I know I, I got you guys to 830. So that's like another 15 minutes. You guys got a hard stop at 830. We can keep going. We're really good. Okay. I just got two more questions. I just want to rush through them because this one, again, I, I know you probably answered this, Charlotte, but I want to go ahead and do it again. Uh, the other question that the guys are asking is on the red pill shows, right? Is, is it true that women want a guy over six foot with muscles and money? Is that all women are looking for? No. First off, okay. The six foot <laughs> thing. I like I'm I'm five two. I can't speak for women who are you know five nine, five ten, five eleven. I firmly believe nobody knows how tall men are. I think men don't know how tall men are because they never go to the doctor. Um, and I, <laughs> they know no, they don't. They, they, I think guys are, they see oh that guy across from me says he's five ten. I think I'm an inch taller than him. I guess I'm five eleven. Um, but yeah. I I really think like we've it is frustrating that the dating apps have kind of put this like you know, very hard, very like numbered limit to it. And then of course, like someone made up this slogan of six foot, six figures, six pack thing. Um, right. that was very, um, like, I, like, I, I think that's a little overblown. I think if a woman's talking to you in a public place, um, you've approached her, she's fine with how tall you are. Um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, I think there can be that sort of feeling of like, Oh, over six feet. But I think most women, like once they realize how tall, that is, they're kind of like, it's, it's fine. Um, I think it's also relative to how tall mm -hmm. a woman, like how so tall a woman is. Like I said, saying. I'm I mean, five two. Kind of like a, um, you know, I can't myth, speak for the women who are like five ten. Um, when it comes to, yeah, the other stuff, six, six pack. Um, I don't know anybody with a six pack unless they are a um, fitness instructor or something like that. Like I, I think if maybe if you're in a very specific, like, I don't think, I don't think I could see anybody saying I need all three, six, uh, six feet, six pack, six figure, because I think you almost have to have like one you get you get one of the three in a way um yeah but yeah like the i haven't <clears throat> met anyone with a, a six pack as a as any as, since i turned 25 so no and then the six figure thing i i think it's so fun the like though that that those types of podcasts are so hung up on like six figures as like, this like magic number where they think like once you make six figures you can afford a private jet and if you make less than that you're just like a schmuck 
Very and good point. that's one of those things that's <laughs> relative. I, I also think it's like, it's relative to like where you hang out and like how, how old you are. Like, um, something that has come with like being older and like kind of like being in tech, um, like I think by default, a lot of the people I'm surrounded with, like do have like higher, higher incomes. Um, but it wouldn't mm-hmm. be like this hard stop. Like I'm, I'm, ex- I'm expecting it. Oh my God, you make less than this amount. Um, I think also something that is important to me way more than the income is like just overall financial health. Like, and, uh, course, you know, yeah. not, and this is something you can kind of see, like, I, like, who cares how much money you make if you're like, if you have a gambling problem, um, like some, so I think that kind of thing matters when I think it goes to show how young these podcasts are when they're just so hung up on income. Like I think debt counts for something like, you know, spending, um, you know, gambling, shopping addictions, all of that. So I care more about like that debt to income, but it's not in this, like, you know, how much money do you make? It's more like, you know, how much money did you spend this weekend? And you, you do what? Okay. Like, hmm, that seems a little off like that. kind Very of Very good point. Yeah. yeah. Like how much did you spend on drinks? How much? How many yeah. rounds did you buy? Like, whoa. Yeah, like that, that's something I'm more like concerned about. Um, and yeah, like sense. I said, it's not this, like, how much money do you make? It's, it's, um, a lot more fluid than that. I would say. Okay. What's your okay. take? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I was totally going to say like my main concern, my first concern, I feel like all of those other things are like little extras on top. My first concern is like, is he employed and does he have a hobby? <laughs> like, is he like right. a person with passion that is like going kind of in the right direction? <clears throat> um, but height has like never mattered to me actually like at all. I, yeah, I don't know if you're like short, or shorter than six feet or whatever, like just be a daddy about it, you know, like just be hot about it, be confident. And that's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. It cut off like 10 seconds ago. Uh, you're talking about height and it cut off. I didn't hear anything. So, um, I said, if you are, (laughs) if you are shorter than six feet, just be a daddy about it. Like be confident and be like hot about it. And like, nobody cares. Nobody cares, (laughs) dude. Guys, short guys are hot. Like that's, I don't think that, yeah, height has never like played at least, I don't, I don't think it plays that much into anyone's, you know, um, Mm -hmm. perspective, like partners, but Charlotte, you said you're five, four or five, five, I'm sorry. Five, two. Five, two. And, uh, Annabelle, you're how tall? I'm five, five. Five, five. Okay. So as long as he's taller than you, is that what most women want? Yeah, I think so. My height or taller. Um, but I've dated mm-hmm. plenty of people who are my height, like legit my height. Couldn't wear heels. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what about the muscles and, and uh, the the uh, the money? Well, you talked about the money. I'm so sorry. But yeah, okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't need make- to make a lot of money. I just would prefer that like he's employed and I'm yeah. not going to be supporting this man, you know, because I've done that <laughs> so many fucking times. And it just is so exhausting. I just want like a man who fucking has a job. <laughs> what about the six pack thing? The six pack thing, um, what? <laughs> no, not a thing. Yeah. Don't, I don't give a shit. If he has a six pack, like he's doing steroids. Very, okay. very good point. Yeah, yeah. My, my, I know what it looks probably like. Probably at the gym eight hours a day or something like that, dedicated to doing that or something. Yeah. So, yeah. My, my other take on the on the um, the kind of yeah the the fitness and the muscles and stuff too, because I, I I'm active. I like to be outside. Like I'll I'll run a turkey trot on, on Thanksgiving, like that kind of thing. Um, but like, sometimes I think if they're too into fitness, I'm like, oh, like I like, I like doing my Saturday brew- yes. brewery tours and stuff like that. Like, so I, I, mm-hmm. I worry that it comes with the lifestyle of them being like, oh, we're going to meal prep instead of like, you know, try that new restaurant. So I, I like, Ooh, I yeah. mean, don't be, um, you know, glued to your couch. Like 
Um, but usually if you're someone that's like active out and about, like you, you stay healthy and you, you have balance, like you, you still look good. No, not a six pack, but you, you look good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I'm glad you both answered that. Cause again, I, I, I totally don't believe that bullshit. If you are six foot, if you have muscles and money, yes, you are going to have an easier time maybe having women approach you or maybe getting a date. But one vital piece that they never mention, and it's what you needed in the 90s to be successful, was charisma. You needed charm. You needed Riz. a personality. Riz. You needed to make people feel safe. Riz, that what? Riz? Is that what they're Riz calling charisma. Riz is the, the word Riz is, the, is the, the kids these days are saying it. It's short for <laughs> charisma. Okay, there you go. That's what they never talk about. There's never any podcast about how to be charming and just being charismatic and being yeah. a gentleman. And that's what you needed, like I said before, social media to be successful. And that's a vital piece. You can have all these items that they're saying, money, wealth, and, and, and you know, six foot, whatever. But if you're a dick and you can't carry conversation, no one's going to want to, you're going to have nothing sustainable, nothing long-term. Yeah. You may be oh, hooked up, but there's nothing that's going to be there. Dude, and they don't ever teach if that. You can, if you can make a girl laugh, she'll suck yes. your dick. Yes, I'm a living testament to that. That's all I did. Yeah, exactly. And it's true. And you know what? It's true. Yes, it is true. Humor, making them laugh. I mean, yes. I mean, not taking yourself too seriously, but, you know, being authoritative, not, you know, just being yourself. I think what I found successful is that if you're comfortable in your own skin and you can make them laugh and you don't come with any uh, preconceived notions or pressure and just kind of going with the moment, they, they really appreciate that. They really did. And that's what worked for me. And again, I'm five, nine, I've shrunk into five, eight. Apparently when you get older, you shrink. So son of a bitch, I'm now five, eight. Uh, but I've only had the height item come up a couple of times and, uh, they prefer taller men. I'm like, okay, no big deal. I'll just move on to the next. I didn't take it personal. I mean, it's, I can't help that. That's their preference. I have mine. And I think the same thing goes for like men, you know, you see all these uh, BBL women on IG with huge breasts. And yes, it's a fantasy. Yes, we find it sexually attractive, but no one wants to date that. Nobody truthfully wants that. Maybe we want to hook up with it, with her, and, you know, maybe have a fling, but no one wants that as a long-term marriage. Uh, truthfully, totally. to be honest, the guys no, prefer totally. like, Something yeah, they prefer just a, a regular woman. Yeah, yeah. Somebody who, and also, you know, like, it's like somebody who um, lives so much on the internet. Like, I feel like yeah. that has to affect their personality in a lot of ways. Like... <laughs> It's fine to see it on the other side of a screen, but to like live with somebody, you know, who's like cartoonish yeah. in that way, like would be really. Uh, yeah. And I've dated a couple of women. And I've mentioned this. It was uh, very difficult because everywhere we went, they always got attention. They always got approached by all these men, the owner or something like that, just courting them. Welcome here. Like or all these guy friends that they met. I'm like, OK, you know. It, it didn't bother me at first, but then it kept, it kept happening everywhere we went. And of course, there's messages. Their DMs, I guess, blew up with all these guys and it was like, uh, no, it's not for me. Cause it's, it felt like, um, I was just a placeholder for something until something better came around. Did and she just like, reassure you? Would she ever like reassure no. you that that, yeah, see that's never. It, it was think, more like, look what he said to me. Isn't he funny? I'm like, there's not the guy you told me that's yeah, been no, bothering see, you. I think you could, you can totally date a baddie if like they are, um, like really reciprocal and like, and make you feel secure like that's yes. important but it's the like the internet persona like you know the the like, youtube -y personality persona mm -hmm. like that permeates real life and Ugh. like it's i feel like it's got to be so difficult like when you know attention in that way like comes into your relationship mm-hmm mm -hmm. yeah so and it, it's not for me so again there's two extremes that we've talked about them already and again that's not the norm and that's i think truthfully what people aren't looking for 
I think personality goes a long way. I'm a, again, I've known guys who were not the most attractive guy ever. And I, I always talked about this one friend of mine, we called him baby J. His name was John. He was the best dancer and he was in the air force. And we go to the clubs every Saturday in the late nineties. And again, he was five, five, but he can dance any song, country, hip hop. It didn't matter. Uh, he was charming. He was always telling jokes. And every weekend he went home with the hottest woman. And here we are, all these other guys like, you know, hating, like what the hell's going on? But no, he was just charming. And when a person's that charming and fun, it's like people gravitate to that. Yeah. They want to be around the nice guy, the fun guy who's it. just mm -hmm. making everybody feel warm and, you know, fun. Totally. And he always went home with the hot girl. Well, like, and I, I've seen totally. that happen before. Like there was the, the guy that, that Alice dated who was like a, he was like probably like five, three or something like that. And he just had this dynamic personality. Um, like, yeah. I, I think what's hard about it though, is like a lot of times when people are struggling with dating, maybe they're struggling socially as a whole. And when you tell them, you know, here, what can you do to make you know women more attracted to you? When you tell them social skills, it's like this big intangible that maybe like is what? hard for them to read. Yeah, like, cause if you just say social skills, they're like, okay, but I'm in this club, I'm in this group, I have this status. It's like, no, it's not about the, the status and the titles. It's like, can you get a, can a room of people, there's a room of people excited to see you there. And they're kind of like, what are you talking about? So it's, it's hard, it's one of those intangibles that really, I think matters a lot. Um, it's hard. Yeah. It's crazy how much of charisma in a man like really just comes from him asking questions. If yes. you are yeah. with a woman who are you are you are just meeting and you're like, I don't know how to be cool. I don't know what to literally just ask her questions about her life. Ask a question. She starts to answer. Ask a tangential question like that men underestimate how much like women like love to talk like that and like talk about themselves. And if you just ask yep. questions about her life, she'd be like, Holy shit. Like he cares about like uh, what, how many siblings I have and where I'm from and stuff like that. And like what I'm passionate yeah. about, like that's Riz to me. Yeah. You're making them feel like the center of the universe exactly. and your attention exactly. solely on them. Yeah. And you know what? And even in, um, in sales, that's what you do in sales. As exactly. you know, you make the person feel like the center of the earth. Like you ask yep. them questions, you figure out what they're looking for mm -hmm. and you're asking them to find out, you know, the truth and then get the barriers out of the way. It's, it's the same thing. And I think guys just don't understand that, but these simple conversations is, is really the fundamentals. I think if anything, if you want to be successful in business relationships, your networking, you need that. And I think guys just don't talk about that enough. It's all this materialistic bullshit about looks and yeah. money. Well, that that's great and all, but that's not what the essential pieces that you need. Yeah. I think what's hard about that is those things are tangible. And like you tell them social yeah. skills, it's kind of like, what does that mean? You tell them six figures that they're six feet or something like that, or, you know, go have the status, go have the car. It's like, Oh, here's a, a, th a tangible thing I can get. And it's like, yeah. ah, the intangibles matter so much. Yeah. And plus people always remember how you made them feel. Yes. Yeah. They will always yeah. remember that. So if a guy is feeling, if he's feeling bitter, if he's upset about the last girl and he takes that into a conversation with me, oh, yeah. I can feel it. I can feel it. If I, if I feel like I have Ugh. to jump through a hoop to prove I'm like one of the good ones, it's like, this is not going to be a fun interaction. Oh my God. And it makes everything so uncomfortable, right? Ugh. Yeah. It's like, like oh, I bet, okay? I bet you're, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're asking me to be like the cooler girl and be like, yeah, she's so crazy. I'm yeah. different. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't oh like my God. her. <laughs> and I've seen that firsthand where, um, you know, just some of my friends, like I, they hooked up with a girl and they're just kind of not hooked up, but they're just at a bar talking, but I know he's still bitter about his ex. But once the drinks start flowing, 
you know, th that anger just comes out of nowhere and the, the, the tone of the table just changes. You can see, feel everybody getting uncomfortable. Like, you're all right, man, let's go outside. We're going to take a walk. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Calm yeah. down, man. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. The negative, you can feel the negativity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think uh, when people say, you know, fake it, no, that that's like a temporary shield. And I, I know women know of somebody who's fake and when they're not being authentic you, you guys can feel that like a reptilian sense in a way so oh, that, yeah. th maybe that can work for a little bit but in the long term no those yeah. those scars are going to come out and that animosity yeah. you have is going to come out so don't yeah. do it guys Absolutely. <laughs> don't do it last question and i have and this is going to be kind of a deep one okay so um i want to ask you both because you both charlotte especially you you study about dating you know what guys are going through and uh, annabelle i'm pretty sure You've seen your sister's PowerPoints, maybe by, you know, request yeah. or maybe by not. I don't know. <laughs> but I wanted to ask you both uh, from the female perspective, what are some of the unfair disadvantages that men are facing in the dating world today? Ooh, I think so. I think the dating apps have really been kind of a, a frustrating. Like, I think the dating apps as a whole, I think and kind of there's a lot of like, I would say, butterfly effect from the, the dating apps. I think it is, yeah. it is kind of like I think when all when the when the guys swipe on you know any woman that they might be interested in talking to, that means the women are going to get a lot of matches. And when the women have too many matches, um, it's like a paradox of choice. Um, a lot of women just get overwhelmed with the dating apps, and they um, you know they either like shut down entirely and don't want to use them, or it comes down to like you know who was just at the top of the um, the list of matches. Um, you know, they, they're kind of like disillusioned of about who actually likes them. It makes like the women kind of jaded. And then of course the guys are saying, Oh my gosh, I, I, I didn't get a ton of, I don't have a ton of matches. Um, but at the mm. same time, the guys are kind of like, I don't want to approach this woman in person because I've, I've got this dating app where I, I don't have to be rejected on like in, in person. Like I can just pretend that she hasn't seen me yet. So I, I think the dating apps, I think have really mm. like thrown things off for men. I also think, um, gosh, what, like I totally had some other, I, I think, some of the things that are like, I would say like maybe a bit more, you know, millennial centric, I think are, are kind of, um, I think you know, as a whole, like I would say a lot of times, like, you know, something I think women have that's really gives us an advantage is when we go to brunch on a Saturday or something, we all talk about, you know, our dates, our relationships, how things are going. Mm. Like if you want to write a breakup text, it is written by a committee of women <laughs> who proofread it. And, um, you know, they Good tell know. you this sounds good. This doesn't. Um, if you like a guy and, um, you know, you're not sure where things are going, you show the text to your friends and they go, oh, you know, I don't know. I don't know that, you know, th this, it seems like maybe he's not on the same page and you know where to walk away. I don't know that guys have those similar, um, you know, close friendships where those kind of conversations happen. So I think a lot of guys maybe feel really alone in a sense where they're not really sure, you know, what to, what to do. Like, I think for women, it's so much more acceptable to be like, Oh, this, th I have this guy problem. And we all talk about it and we all talk about our feelings. And I think guys are kind of left like alone with their thoughts, um, you know, for something that's stressful, like dating. Um, so I think yeah, that's uh, definitely, I would say one of those things too. Um, and then the dating apps. Um, yeah, I, th I think there's, there's, I'm trying to think mm -hmm. of like what else, cause there's a, there's a lot, um, that I think like is, um, skewed against, against men for sure. Can I say one? Yeah. Okay. It, it, it cut out again. So whatever you said in the past five seconds, I didn't hear. I'm sorry, yeah. but I think you were, uh, I, done, you were done with your point. Yeah. I was just, um, yeah, I was saying, um, the, the dating apps and then I think like kind of the, the, um, you know, male friendships, like talking about like mental health yeah. and, and whatnot, I think, um, kind of, um, falls over into dating. Yeah. And you know, before, uh, Annabelle, you answer, uh, to, to your, that second point about groups, I think guys, we don't like asking for help, but what we do 
with the guy groups, um, we do vent. We do sometimes ask for advice, but if you think about it, how many of your friends around you are in healthy relationships or know what they're doing? And most of them don't. So the advice you get is not good. Uh, so, uh, you know, then there's like this cycle where I told you to, that would happen. I told you, well, like, yeah, it's because taking your advice and it's not really any different from what you've done or the mistakes you've made. So we tend to do that. Uh, but when it comes to really personal stuff, like stuff like love, we tend to keep that to ourselves and, and protect that because we want to do what's best and just, we don't want to put that out into the world. So I can agree with that second point. Yeah. Um, I, so I think that, and this is just something I've noticed. I don't, I mean, I really could be totally wrong, but like, um, just the way that social media has evolved. Um, I think that like humiliation has the sense of somebody's sense of humiliation, like has, um, like strengthened and increased a lot because it just feels so much more like permanent. Um, if you, if, if you say the wrong thing to someone, um, you know, like it, it just feels like, like playing to your point of why don't men like approach women? Like, because the fear of rejection, uh, holds like more weight, I think now, now that mm. we have like social media monitoring everything. And I do think right. that that is like a disadvantage that like men have, like, you know, it, I think sometimes they're dismissed when they say like, I'm too scared. I'm too scared to like approach a girl, but like, I get it. Like I, it is very scary to feel like humiliated or canceled or called out or like, you know, like the, the, the word about you spreads like wildfire and now everybody's looking at you weird. Like it's, it's a really like anxiety inducing mm. feeling. Yeah. yeah. I didn't think about it that like that yeah. from a millennial standpoint. Yeah. That does make yeah. perfect sense. Yeah. No, yeah Cause you, you see all these videos of guys getting like embarrassed at the club or, you know, like, yeah. uh, see you at the totally. gym, bro, you know, something that comes up and, I didn't think totally. about that. That's yeah. a very good point. And I, I think to add to that, because I think that's a good point. Like, um, I think there's a lot of just noise in general. Like, it used to be you want dating advice, you go to your brother or someone that you trust, and they give you something thoughtful. If you're scrolling through TikTok, because there's a lot of very loud female, like female personalities that talk about dating, where it's just like, oh, this this short guy just approached me out at the bar. Yeah. They're telling this story. It's so funny because sometimes those yeah. stories. They, they sneak a name of a restaurant in there because it's an ad um, and they tell this dramatic story for clicks. And then lo and behold, it's like it gets in the guy's heads, I think, like these very like clickbaity stories of like, uh oh, like this yeah. guy, this guy was wearing, um, you know, these weird boots and I got the ick. And then all of a sudden the guys are like, oh, no, I'm wearing I, uh, something's wrong with my boots. Like, but just stuff like that. There's so much noise. Um, from mm -hmm. when you wouldn't have gotten that like back in the day. I, and I think that that really works against guys, especially because I do think there's more of, I, I guess I would say a, a pass for, for women to say kind of outlandish stuff like that. I think there is in some ways like a double standard. Like if a, if a man was just like all oh, this dumpy woman in her ugly dress, like I think it would, he would be pushed off the We'd internet banned. pretty quickly. We'd be yeah. banned in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Where women, it's kind of like, Oh, girl talk. It's funny. Um, so I, I think, yeah, that, that works against guys as well. Yeah. And, and again, that's a great answer because I get, I didn't think about that like that. And, uh, you know, you get to an age like, like myself after divorce, after going through all that, you don't give a shit what people think. I mean, cause going through that is hell, but it humbles the hell out of you, but you come out way stronger at the end and you really don't give a shit what people think or not. But I know that's my perspective, but a younger man who hasn't really maybe found his own identity or find out who he was or his purpose or his passion there's a lot of insecurity or maybe self-doubt and that would just add to that. 
and maybe getting caught on a video or being called out like that would just be, it'd be the worst thing for them, for their development. So that's a very good point, man. I didn't think about that. So great answer yeah. to, to you both. Wow. Oh, well, I actually have one more question. What are your top three horror movies? Yeah. Ask, ask away. <laughs> Shit, we're getting... It broke up again. I didn't hear you. It, it broke up. I'm sorry. Did you get, oh, did you okay. hear what I said? No, no, uh, no, we didn't. Fire, um, fire okay. away. Okay. So I, I lied. One more question because I just found out this, I found out about this from you guys right now. What are your top three horror movies? And then we'll end it. Ooh. Okay. I gotta <laughs> say Midsummer's my number one. I love it. It's so, Oh, I love Midsummer. It's so different, dude. I love it. It's like light the entire time. So good. Okay. Number two, mm -hmm. the one that has like haunted me my entire life. Like really the, the first, the catalyst Blair Witch Project. Fucking why is it yes. so scary? Nothing happens. It's, Yes. Terrifying. And then number mm -hmm. three. See, I like these kind of modern ones. If I had to pick like an older one, I think I'm a Halloween girly. Oh, the John Carpenter Halloween? Yeah, I think so. Oh, hell, that's my first horror movie poster. I have it in, in the living room. So really? I have like oh. I have like five, six shirts of Halloween. My kids got five or six of them. So Cute. Yeah. And I actually play the soundtrack. Favorite. So then it was my <laughs> really? favorite. Yeah, she always Halloween. <laughs> so I liked it. I don't know. If sister. I don't know if how I do like Halloween. I would say the number one is The Shining. Um, I really yes. liked It Follows. Like just something about like so good. I. That's a good one. I don't like jump scares. I like dread. Yes. Um, like dread really mm. sticks with me. Yeah. Um, stuff about stalkers, like stuff that could be done by a just a, a really depraved human, scares me so much more than like demons and entities. I'm trying to think of like what gets the number three spot. Um, gosh, what is it? I'm trying to think. The witch too. The, the witch That's was scary. Oh, I love the witch. I, I have that on the shelf back there. I love the witch. I, was, so <sighs> I, think, I mean, maybe it would be, maybe it would be Halloween. Um, yeah. I mean like, yeah, it, it's, it's, old fashioned I, yeah, I like my old fashioned slashers. <laughs> I, I will say that. That's yeah. good. Okay. We got more to talk about now, but, uh, What's oh, yours? you had to ask. Damn it. Okay. Of that, course well, I'm going to ask. Really. <laughs> Well, uh, obviously, Return of the Living Dead, right? That's my favorite. It's it's got a great one of the best soundtracks and practical effects. And I love zombies, so that one's I, I wouldn't say number one, but it's up there, right? Okay. Ooh, number two is probably Jacob's Ladder. That I one I haven't seen that one, seen that dude. One I'm so embarrassed that I haven't seen that one. Do I you guys? I love psychological horror. Yes. And uh, did y'all play video games by chance? I played Silent Hill growing up. Did y'all play those games? No, but familiar with Silent Hill. Yeah, I'm familiar. Okay. With it. Yeah. I love that it really just messes with your head. So Jacob Slider's yeah. probably number two, and it hit me harder as an adult. You know, now that I have a family and seeing what this guy went through, that is just hell. Yeah. And three, ooh, God, it's a tie for the witch, hereditary. Excellent, uh, excellent choices. Yeah. Yeah, there's so many. Um, I know. Oh, the I, Saw I, franchise, all 10 movies. Every yeah, those are fun. Of them, I ride for the fucking Saw franchise. That shit is amazing. But to, to your sister's point, I agree with her. Like, I, there's like shock horror. What did they call that? Torture porn back in the early 2000s? Torture porn, body horror. I want dread. I love yeah. dread. And I love feeling like helpless and just like we're fucked. I love that feeling. And there's no worse feeling, in my opinion, than seeing a family turn on each other like The Shining, The Witch. That's heartbreaking. But it, it messes with you when you're older. Like, oh, my God, that's so mm -hmm. fucked up. And uh, but ooh, I would have to say um, The Exorcist is the third one. And I don't want to see the remake. I hate that they're remaking it. They're remaking it. Yeah. 
What by, the uh, it's coming out in, uh, I think, in October. No. The same guy who redid the Halloween movies. I forget his name. Uh, but that director's Rob remaking Robbie? it. No, not no, 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 no. Uh, the one in 2018. That recent trilogy of Halloween oh, movies. Yeah, okay. uh, but I think David Allegorino, that's a country guy. Uh, but anyway, he's going to do the movie. And there, there's a trailer out. You can look it up on YouTube. But yeah, that, that's so cool. Now we have horror there and we can talk about that. So that's pretty cool. But <laughs> uh, Annabelle and that's another horror movie. Annabelle. Yeah. And Charlotte, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really do appreciate this. Tell everybody where they can find you. Um, yeah, we're at the Peasant Party Podcast. Um, we are on YouTube. You can find us on um, Apple, Spotify, wherever you can find podcasts. We would be honored to have you as a subscriber and a follower. Um, yeah, gen- we stay gender neutral. I say our audience is a lot of the, the blue dots in the red states is where it's kind of showed up on the heat map. Um, we talked about politics <laughs> today, which was kind of fun. Um, but yeah, we take um, listener questions. We usually do two per, um, two per episode. And then we have like quick hit topics um, as well throughout. Um, and then we have guests every now and then. And then you and Angela Knight will be coming out um, in, on the yeah. 26th of this month. So I'm really excited for that. Well, thank you so much, ladies. I really do appreciate it. All right. Oh, thank you so, thank much, you so much, Rudy. Thank you.